Welcome to The Last Rung, a light-hearted podcast for the self-employed, getting to the heart of the many influences that can help you to thrive in your solo life and make the switch from an employed to a self-employed mindset. Unedited and uncensored, the inspirational chats with those who have taken the leap will provide realistic actions for you to take away, the chance to learn from others' experiences and help you see that you are not alone, even when working from the spare bedroom in your PJs and fluffy slippers and you haven't left the house for days. I'm Helen Hill, author of Falling Off the Ladder, owner of learning design business Unlikely Genius, business coach and co-founder of environmental initiative Be The Future. I'm now on a mission to help the self-employed really embrace the freedom that allows them to be fully themselves, to thrive and to leap off the last rung of the career ladder for the final time. Come and say hello at fallingofftheladder.com or over on Instagram where you can find me as Falling Off The Ladder. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like this episode. But first, let's introduce you to this week's guest. My guest today is Graham Piper, owner of Dropcap Copy. He's a freelance copywriter from South Devon, creating effective B2B and B2C copywriting that's written for people, not personas. Graham keeps his business purposely small and works alongside a bunch of super talented creative agencies and lots of amazing SMEs to write copy that engages, informs and often entertains for websites, blogs, brochures and general offline and online marketing. His aim is to keep the copy simple, conversational and natural. So simplifying the complex and kicking out the jargon, making it easy to read. We're going to be talking about getting started as a freelancer, not freaking out with the roller coaster of self-employment, staying a company of one and celebrating the wins no matter how big or small. So welcome Graham, how are you doing today? Hi, yeah, very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here finally. Always seeing you around on Twitter, we've never actually really spoke, have we, before? No, not, 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 for, not for a while, if ever, no, I, I'm not no. sure, but no, it's, um, look, we've all been hanging around somewhere. in the same place but not really connecting that much. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's good to speak to more people. So to get us started today, do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey into self-employment and what led to you going solo? Yeah, well, I was um, going back to 2006 when I joined a um, a company in Exeter. Um, I joined their marketing team and I started off as a, <clears throat> what they used to call like a Mac art worker. So basically, oh, yeah. I sort of watered down the graphic designer. Um, but I used to uh, do all the brochure artwork. <clears throat> Anything that required artwork, basically, was my job. So it was brochures and price lists and packaging and, you know, all, all things like that. <clears throat> right down to sort of business cards and mundane things like that. Um, and then the company grew and, and the marketing team grew and... We got another proper graphic designer who was actually, you know, trained. Um, so we worked together for a couple of years, and then I went into um, management. I'm not quite sure whether that was the, the right thing to do, but I was the assistant marketing manager. Um, but that's where I started writing copy, um, and I never, never considered myself to be a copywriter. Um, I just kind of, I would, I would just write the odd web page or you know, brochure page or whatever, you know, blog or whatever it was, <clears throat> um, just to sort of help out, really. And um, that kind of, I kind of liked doing it. And then as the company grew, we got more and more sort of sub-brands underneath the, the main kind of umbrella. 
and so more websites more brochures more blogs um so i ended up writing a lot more of that um but again i didn't consider myself to be a copywriter but then slowly the sort of penny started to drop um and one day my boss said you want to write this brochure we've got a new brochure coming out and i was like yeah okay and obviously i had a bit of a head start because i knew how you know we needed the sound our tone of voice um, and I also knew the products and, you know, all the background stuff. So I had a bit of a head start, but I wrote this thing and I said to my boss, you know, if you outsource this to a, to a freelance copywriter, would you pay for this? <laughs> and yeah. he said, yeah, absolutely. He said, you know, he sat there with his pen <laughs> hovering, <laughs> his red pen. But, um, you know, there's always going to be a few tweaks. But he said, yeah, basically we, we would pay for that. No problem. And that was kind of the light bulb moment back in about 2014, uh, 13, 14, something like that. Um, and I thought, oh, I might have to explore this, you know, start sort of getting into it and trying to figure out how I can monetize this for myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was it. I kind of, that was the light bulb moment. And after that, I kind of looked into, you know, um, books. I was getting loads of books about the stuff and, um you know following people on twitter and i got work to pay for a training course as well um and you know i then sort of got the domain name and you know just started following everybody on, on social and soaking up as much as i could um and then i started getting myself out there and it was all very strange and weird because i was working full time so i had to try and find networking events that weren't during work time unless i really wanted to go to them and I'd make some excuse like um, I took a day off or I might somewhere early in the morning like start at eight and finish at nine and oh yeah I've got a doctor's appointment so is it all right if I come in at sort of ten oh yeah that's fine <laughs> so there was a lot of that going on um, and yeah it just kind of built up over time and that's you know it was always the goal at that point to become self-employed and go freelance um, and yeah, it just took a little bit of time to sort of get that buffer of money and find clients and keep clients and get that kind of repeat work. And it just got to the point where I just had too much work, too much freelance okay. work. <laughs> so that was that was a good place to be. Um, and yeah, I handed my notice in in April 2016 and I gave them three months notice and Bob's your uncle. Here we are six years um. later. <laughs> yeah so you're one of the few actually that's actually said it was the plan you know a lot of us it's either yeah, yeah. redundancy <laughs> or just had enough or something's yeah, no, happened I, <laughs> I, I kind of I did I had had enough at that point of working there I'll be honest I was there for nearly 10 years and um I was the I was the oldest in the team and everybody around me was kind of they were incomers none of the original team was still there so I was the oldest, which was good because it, it gave me a bit more kind of authority, if you like, with the MD and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but I just got frustrated with it, really. And I think the team grew and, and everything, which was great. Um, but when you're trying to write copy or do anything, really, having a team of about 15 people sort of shouting and screaming and laughing and, you know, kicking off, you know, all around you, it's, it's not very conducive to producing good work. So um and other, lots of other things as well like the, the 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 whole kind of it was got to the point where you're thinking well you know you're paying so many thousand pounds a year for this whole team of marketing people 
why don't you let them get on let us get on with the job rather than having to sort of double check everything and go through rounds of people to get things signed off and and it's just frustrating you know, the pace of it and you couldn't ever sort of do things for yourself um or you know as a team we couldn't do things for ourselves and just get it done um so there's a lot of frustration on, on my side and i just had enough so i'd already started looking at other um job roles that were around at that point um but then the copy thing came along and you know over time that kind of progressed and i just thought yeah let's get the hell out yeah. <laughs> but i i did have i did have that plan and i knew because i was you know i think i started freelancing when i was about 43 so i knew that i needed money <laughs> you know yeah. i had a mortgage to pay <laughs> and two cats to feed um <laughs> and um yeah I, I i knew that i couldn't just quit and say all right i'm handing my notes in right now what do i do you know um so i knew i had that kind of plan i knew that i needed to build up that financial buffer zone um and yeah it was just it was just doing things properly i knew that i didn't need to do things straight away so it was just really kind of dipping the toe dipping the toe and then sort of diving in yeah and i think when you've got that end goal that you you know it's at least going to happen even if you have to yeah. build that you know money yeah. over time and things you, you can at least it. see your escape can't you yeah definitely um, and funnily enough my the final day um was supposed to be my birthday at the end of july and um so in my head it was like right okay three months you know from april to july um three months to go and of course by that time you're just kind of out anyway but then my boss said oh you know the md he wonders if you could come in we're coming into a busy time and wonders if you could do another month i'm like oh my god no um but my wife taught me around and she said well just think of it this way you'll be getting more money you know um but also you could say i don't want to work full time for another month let's compromise i'll work part-time and if they don't like it i can just leave and if they do like it you've got a bit of extra money in your pocket you know um so that's exactly what i did and they were fine with it and as it turned out the reason they wanted to keep me on was just delayed and delayed and delayed <laughs> i left anyway i didn't even do what they wanted me to do um. so um <laughs> you know it was just an extra you know bit of extra bit of money uh to put to the sort of freelance dream you know and um yeah that was it here we are six yeah. years down the line and that's interesting actually because there's a lot of people that leave their job because their companies won't let them go part-time and stuff as well isn't there and that yeah that's yeah something you, particularly well, with like parents who need the child care <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly well i never i never said to anybody that i was doing freelancing on the side right. um i always kind of kept that to myself and lots of other people in the team were doing you know the, the photographer was doing stuff on the side yeah. and getting extra money like everybody kind of does so I never felt the need to sort of say any, anything to anyone. But obviously, when you're thinking about leaving, I kept my my boss up to speed with everything. We were quite good friends anyway, um, still are. Um, so, yeah, I kept him up to speed. He never really believed that I would leave. <laughs> until I stood up one morning and said, right, here you go. Here's the old resignation letter. And he's like, oh, no, GP, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm getting the hell out. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Best cafe, yeah. yeah. That's, oh no, like that's good that you stay friends though as well, because that's yeah. yeah it's so hard because you can burn your bridge. I, I am someone that's definitely burnt bridges, especially after a <laughs> book. But like, um, 
Well, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, never, I never left. You know, I didn't leave under a cloud. There was no bad yeah. feeling anybody. There was no specific reason um, that I left, other than I just I've been there too long. You know, and yeah. I wanted something something different. You know, mm. um, so what did I do? I took a pay cut to be, become a freelancer. Well, yeah. <laughs> of course, pay cut, but more enjoyment. I'm working more hours, probably. I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly yeah, yeah. what I did. That <laughs> quote about entrepreneurs are the only people that won't work forty hours for someone else because they prefer to work eighty for themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. that. Exactly that. Yeah, replace entrepreneur with freelancer. And, yeah, it's <laughs> interesting though, actually, that you started off in artworking because obviously I started as a graphic designer, and my first job was actually yeah. as most graphic designers are an artworking role. And I've, yeah, it's I mean, my, taken me a long time to get to the writing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think my whole career I started off as a litho printer after I left school, wow. yeah. um, and then moved into the. Oh, I've got to show my age, but into the dark room to do the film and plates and stuff like that. Yeah. And then of course the Max came along, and you know that that kind of opened up another door. Um, so yeah, I've kind of been surrounded by words the whole time, but you know I've been printing them and putting them, you know, into the artwork, but I've never actually I've never written them. Um, so this kind of, you know, brings me full circle, I guess, to a certain yeah. degree. Um, so yeah, it's just been one of those kind of weird journeys all kind of come together. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, it is a relief when you get there, isn't it? About, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'm making some changes again, and I'm like, oh, come on, Helen, stop it. Stop, like, you know. It's all finished. Come on, let's yeah. just stick to what we've got. <laughs> just stay where you are and stop trying to learn more. But yeah, it's, um, but I love learning, so it's always going to happen. I'm a little yeah. magpie for picking up anything at the moment. Um, but so what? since you've gone self-employed then and, and you've had quite a nice transition there from sort of that world to self-employment what's yeah. your biggest challenge though as you go on and how do you deal with it I think you know every freelancer will tell you the same thing it's it's that kind of finding the client keeping the client <laughs> you know yeah um, that's always a challenge you know with any freelancer with any any kind of description any kind of industry um i'm i suppose i've been quite lucky i haven't really faced in six years any major kind of challenges obviously my entire freelance backdrop has been brexit uh covid um and the whole ukraine issues there's always been these things going on in the background which could affect freelancers in different ways um but I've been very fortunate and lucky that um, I haven't had any kind of major challenges to overcome. It's just been quite a, I won't say smooth, there's always, you know, bumps in the road, as they say, but um, it's been a relatively issue-free uh, career so far. Um, but yeah, it's just that standard challenge of, of the clients. You know, how do you, I need to get clients, I need to keep hold of clients, and I need to find new clients. Um, so yeah, that the was clients me. to pay you. <laughs> That's yeah, the big one. <laughs> you know, yes, as he yeah. as he understands, that, you know, I've got several thousand pounds outstanding right now. Um, yes, me so, too. Yeah, it's a year. <laughs> it's a year and a month, in fact, nearly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's, that's that's the challenge. But then you think, well, you know, you these are just the things you've got to you've got to do. You know, you shouldn't really see it as a challenge. It's an opportunity to get a new client, or you know to get a new collaboration going or you know whatever you whatever you need to do so um yeah i would say they are challenges that in that in that respect but they're also opportunities as well so 
Um, I haven't touched wood, got anything, you know, that's really kind of pushing me back and holding me back. So yeah. that's that's good. So I've been lucky. It's the usual, the usual things that we all <laughs> on all the, the boards the on Twitter word. talk about all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. The daily frustrations. Yeah, we've all been yeah. there. We we all know. Um, but yeah, that's just part and parcel of it. I think it's part yeah. of part of the enjoyment, I think, of being freelance. Never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and every yeah, every day is different. Sometimes you haven't got a clue yeah. what's going to happen in the day, and yeah, it's um, I I do like that, but I, yeah, I can see why you know some people that can't stand unpredictability and like control and stuff. Oh like yeah, that, so the lifestyle is not <laughs> suited it's to not, them. But. It's not for the faint-hearted, you know. No. my wife says I I couldn't do it because you know I I like to have that kind of um I know where my hours are, I know when I'm getting paid, I know how much I'm getting paid. And it's all kind of guaranteed almost, you know, <clears throat> so I understand that totally. But um, yeah, it's, it just keeps things interesting. And that was part of the reason, another part, <laughs> why I left my jobs, because I was writing copy, but it was all about the same thing, um, the same yeah. product or same kind of product. Um, so nothing really changed that much. Um, and this is probably why I, I don't really niche in any particular subject now because I niched for several years writing about fires and stoves um and you know it kind of it almost kills the enjoyment because you're how many you know it's fire in a box <laughs> how many ways yeah. can you kind of talk about that um so yeah that's probably why I don't niche now and I don't I don't have a sort of specialism if you like I'm more of a generalist so I much prefer that it keeps things interesting you're learning so much about you know different sectors and different industries all the time um so yeah it just keeps it interesting yeah well it's funny you mentioned that because i was about to ask you about niching because i think <clears throat> i'm going the other way that i've been a generalist for the last sort of three and a half years four years and, it, and i was in the role i was in um before but i'm now trying to niche but when i say niche it's not just one industry i'm niching into like four or five rather than everything so i've still got well, some variety yeah yeah so it's going to be like wellness and environment and you know personal development stuff like that but yeah it, just because I, you know I don't want to write about financial reports or printers <laughs> anymore you know there's yeah, only yeah. so much you yeah, can write absolutely. about yeah it's how it. to release your paper from the printer <laughs> God, <laughs> well these are things that people need to know you know they are. They're, yeah. they're the fundamentals of daily life yeah <laughs> yes yeah, when, you're, when you're writing that kind of stuff over and over um yeah. yeah you can think oh it's, it's time to sort of branch out maybe and, and look at something else yeah but I, I love learning about really random subjects like uh, the, the the best one which i still sometimes can't even say it is phytosanitary export marks which are the things printed on wood that tell you where wood's come from what treatment yeah. it's had and all that and yeah. i kept getting so giddy when i saw these marks like oh that one's had such and such treatment and that yeah. and, and you know like i don't care i'm like no but i know all this stuff now <laughs> I've been about that three years yeah, yeah that's it exactly and it's amazing how you know you can be in a conversation or you can watch a tv show or something oh yeah I know that why do I know that because I wrote about it 18 months ago and it's just sort of lodged in there somehow you know and you can't get rid of it yeah. but yeah there's a lot to learn all different all these mm -hmm. kind of industries and uh, they're knocking on your door saying can you write this and uh yeah you just it's just a learning curve a massive learning curve we should make a brilliant pub quiz team, really, shouldn't we? A bunch of writers, copywriters. Yeah, you can imagine it, though. We'd all get together and it'd be like, um, I don't know, I don't know that. No. <laughs> no, no, I haven't written about that. 
So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't need to go into that industry now. I'm going to niche that way. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's so true. That. Yeah, but it does it does keep things interesting. And I think, you know, if I had to write about the same topic, that was especially something so, like, that's really niched, isn't it? Into fireplaces. Yeah. It's not even home furnishings. It's exactly. fireplaces. It's one, one yeah. Little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was good. I mean, it, it, yeah. it pushed you and, and you know, you, you were forced to kind of come up with different ways of describing things. And, you know, it's all about the whole aspirational lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. Um, and funnily enough, not that I niche in that, I really do actually like and enjoy writing for kind of um, high end stuff like high end property. Right. And I've done a few of those kind of things um, and really kind of selling the lifestyle. Um, and you know writing about expensive things even though I can't afford them but <laughs> you're writing about them and I, I I do enjoy that a lot and it's something that I do actually get quite into when I write it it's not like oh it's another thing it's another this or it's another that um I think those kind of subjects I actually do really enjoy getting into and sort of researching and looking at and um so that's one thing I do maybe I could niche that way you know so yeah, high yeah. I suppose know. you're almost the target audience, though, if you're going for aspirational brands, because you you know you're looking at these things and thinking, "I would love that," and that yeah, exactly. so it, it taps into yeah. that feeling, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Rather than yeah, I've got that, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. You're kind of yeah. um, you're you're sitting on the fence, really, because you, as a writer, you can be, you know, a customer thinking, "Oh, yeah, okay. Well, how do I, you know, market? How do I write this to make it sound appealing to me?" Um, but also you're trying to speak as the expert in this and why the customer should have it in the first place. So you're kind of, you've got a foot in both camps really. Um, so that's also an interesting kind of dynamic to the whole yeah. whole thing. Yeah, and it, and it develops your writing skills to write about lots of different things as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm just thinking like in my yeah. head, you know, all, all the medical stuff I write about, like at the moment, sepsis and acute kidney infection and stuff like that. You know, you've got to write with compassion and, and stuff. Yeah. At the same time, it's aimed at doctors and nurses and stuff like that. So you've got to be quite forthright. And, you know, exactly. if you don't do this, they will die kind of thing. But then <laughs> yeah. there's no room for fluff in, in no. those kind of uh... And really they know not. what I'm talking about as well. So you don't need to say, well, you know, this can happen. And yeah, we know yeah. all that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah, it, it does, it does uh, strengthen your writing skills for sure. Mm. Different, different markets. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's really true. So one thing you mentioned about was that you stay intentionally small as well. And I like this because I'm the same. I've, you know, I've even tried hiring subcontractors and stuff and it mm. wasn't necessarily for me. So can you tell us more about kind of your thoughts around that and why you decided to stay sort of company of one? Yeah, company of one. Yeah, well, there's that great book. Uh, yeah. Is it Paul Jarvis. Paul Jarvis, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've all read it. Um, <laughs> and I think for me, um, you know, I've been part of a, a working team. Um, and obviously in the last job, I was there for 10 years in a, in a quite a big team. And it's fine, you know, um, but I always prefer working on my own. You know, you can do things in a team if people, he needs to do that and she needs to do this and, you know, you can all come together. But I, I really just relish, you know, sitting in my office here at home um, and just getting on with the job on my own. And I totally appreciate people, they want to say, all oh, right, okay, well, I, 
you know, want to sub out this and sub out that and, you know, hire, you know, accountant to do this or a VA to do that. Um, but I, you know, and also the people that grow their business and they want to um, develop into like a small agency, absolutely no problem with that. That's yeah. great. I mean, we need people to do that, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it's never, it's never been an attractive proposition for me. Um, and I would much rather just keep it me, myself and I, and it all rests with me. And that gives me the complete freedom to do what, what I want. Um, and of course you've got all the other stuff. You start hiring people then it's, you know, it's all about kind of, you know, HR and management and, you know, it takes you away from the, the core things that, that you want to do or you need to do. Um, so I am, more than I think actually one of the podcasts last season I think it was Bavini um that said about um keeping it small and I've got no yeah. intention of growing and I don't want to grow um and that's I think she summed it up in her podcast um and you know she kind of if I could summarize it that is exactly what I'd say um I don't really want to grow I want to keep keep it small and I'm, I'm a bit tired of seeing all these things in our social feed saying you know you can you can smash 100k a year and you know just grow you know build an agency and uh, you know no 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 <laughs> you know um i just i just want to keep it small i'm a freelancer i'm not pretending to be anything else um and i haven't got that kind of ambition now to do to do those things i'm absolutely more than happy to just stick in my lane i found my lane and i'm sticking it sticking yeah. to it so yeah no no problem about staying small at all no I understand I mean it was one reason I never wanted to I kept trying to get into sort of you know promotions and management whatever but then at the same time I like you say I didn't want to be managing other people I didn't I don't mind mentoring them and things like, and I do that quite yeah. a lot now but I to deal with the HR and the sickness and the oh that that's just not what yeah. I went into creative roles for and I think exactly. that's the same with a lot yeah. of creatives isn't it and I mean I do outsource stuff now to a VA and an accountant and stuff but I feel that's very different to like like you say taking on a member of staff um, yeah absolutely yeah you sometimes some people need to do that to, mm. to get through their admin and stuff and that's oh, you know, yeah that's fine. whatever you need to do to get through basically um yeah. but when it comes to hiring people the you kind of you then step into a whole different world um and it's not really one that I want to sort of open the door to really uh, I don't I don't need to for a start and I just I don't want to because I just want to stay small um yeah. I'm a freelancer I'm a solo worker and I don't really ever see that changing no I don't I could not go back <laughs> to that world now losing my voice <laughs> yeah and I suppose that's the, where the difference comes in with like the whole entrepreneur versus freelancer thing isn't it because mm -hmm. someone referred to me as an entrepreneur the other day and I was just like no no <laughs> I'm not because I'm not the six-figure month I'm not the well six-figure year five-figure yeah, month yeah. whatever and yes I've got three businesses but they I'm going to be streamlining that um but <laughs> and even Graham referred to me as one a while back and I, and I told him off for it I should, no I'm not having that I'm not being any kind of preempter I'm certainly that not a solo entrepreneur. <laughs> that is. And then the other week he just said, well, you admit it now. And I was like, oh, oh we'll, see, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just Very gritty. Yeah. No, I need to create my own little 
Preneur label, a reluctant preneur or something. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good one. Go down that route. But um, <laughs> in fact, yeah, I might have that one. Copyright that one. Yeah, but it's about defining your own growth, isn't it? Like you mentioned there about not wanting to grow or whatever, but actually mm. we grow in our own way, don't we? Through yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not all about hiring people and you know having a bigger business with more people and moving into bigger premises. Um, you know, we all go through that that growth period where the, the first two, three, four years of our freelance career, you know, we do A, B and C, and then you kind of diverge, you go into different areas and you think, actually, I'm going to do this. And, you know, <clears throat> whatever it is, um, and you grow, you know, yourself and, and, and your skills and, your, your, you know, everything else. Um, but you don't necessarily have to grow to so you take on staff. Um, so we're all on this, you know, massive learning curve and we are we are all growing all the time it's just we decide to keep it small physically um and just you know expand our brains so we can do more and you know diverge into different different areas if we want to and how do you keep those things at bay that say you should grow more or do you know just ignore it yeah yeah basically it used yeah. to affect me because you know we're all on linkedin and twitter and yeah. facebook or whatever um and we've all got these people telling us that we should grow you know why do you want to stay small thinking of money you know build your business build your business up and i used to get a bit of a complex thinking you know am i doing something wrong I'm, you know what's what's happening i'm seeing all these things that are telling me to grow and you know invest money into my business and and you know just make it grow it just got to the point where I was like no you know this is I'm just going to ignore that crap now I don't I don't need to do it I don't want to do it if people want to do it great that's whatever they whatever is right for everybody else um but I, you know I just ignore it now and I just think right yeah scroll 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 you know hide ad um whatever it is and I yeah I just ignore it now yeah because I, I know I'm, I'm happy where I am. Um, and I think when you, when you go freelance, I think you have to grow a bit of a thicker skin almost and don't try not to get led down any paths that you might have got led down before. Because now you've got to, you know, I, I remember years ago, people would talk me into things and, you know, because I, I ran a, I used to work 20, 20 years old ago, I used to work for a guy in Exeter and a little design and print business he sold it and I took it over um and you know I was in my mid-20s I didn't have a clue about running a business he'd <laughs> run it for four or five years before that built up a nice client base um and I literally just carried it on um I didn't go out to find new work or any, anything like this I just kind of I was so restricted but then sales people would come in oh yeah advertise with this and well, it was only going to cost you know 800 quid or whatever um and i just didn't have that kind of ability to say you know what sorry no this isn't for me i've heard what you've had to say i, I don't want to do it um but even if i said that they would kind of try and talk me around and i end up doing it anyway um but now i think you know older and wiser and all that and it's just the case of no <laughs> it's not right for me that's it game over i don't i don't i don't want to be part of that I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I know what I want to do. Let's just move forward in my own way. 
Yeah, I think, I think that's why I want to work with quite a lot of start-off freelancers because it is so easy to get sucked into this stuff and mm-hmm. I've seen it happening to people and, and I think it's just, they need to, you know, be establishing where they are before they start trying to get, to, even if they want to get to the six figures or something, you need to kind of, you know, acknowledge where you are, especially if you've come from toxic workplaces and stuff and mm-hmm. where you need to be and, and work on the emotions and on all that stuff as well Definitely. first and... Definitely. Yeah. I think it's um, it's very easy, isn't it? With with the amount of stuff out there, it's very easy to think that's what you're supposed to be doing, yeah, and absolutely. that it's easy. Yeah. Yes, and it, you're going to do it in three months or something. Exactly. You know, for these twelve week programs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it, it is easy. And, you know, you need to slow down really, and mm. you, know, you you might want to sort of grow as a freelancer as quickly as you can and make more money, of course. But um, you've got to you've got to understand that you know it does take time you're not going to you know get somewhere after 12 months where you perhaps should be after maybe 18 or 24 months um so you know it's all about pacing yourself and and just not getting too carried away with things and you know i can do this and i can do that and uh, i should be earning six figure sums or you know i should be employing 12 people by now what am i doing what am i doing wrong um so yeah i just ignore it yeah. I mean that's I'm nice. a huge advocate for the thing as well of that if you're focusing on just the money and that's what you want it's going to be hard to get there and to stay there you're going to lose it quickly because you're going to lose yeah. customers who don't trust you or whatever if you work on all the other stuff like getting your values established and really understanding your purpose and your, your market and your then the money will come and you know yeah. I got caught up in I was it's particularly during the pandemic because obviously I was doing learning design everybody needed learning design there was so much work coming in and it was hard to say no because it was like oh there's more money more money. and I, I earned a fantastic wage for the first two years of that pandemic but then I just thought that's I'm running myself into the ground for what and actually I've dropped my hours I took two months off to finish the book and all these things that actually I'm so much happier and in a better yeah. place that's than it. on a relentless thing of just producing stuff yeah. for other people that's right. And I think, again, that comes with experience. Um, yeah. It's very easy when you start out. It's well, almost inevitable when you start out that you're going to accept pretty much everything that comes yeah. your way. Because, <laughs> you know, you want to do work and you want money. You know, yeah. we all need money. Um, and of course, the experience you get over the first three, four, five years takes you to a place where you're comfortable doing what you do and if something comes along and you think, oh, there's a couple of red flags attached to that, I'm not, doesn't sound quite right. Or, you know, they haven't got a budget for what, you know, my, my level of, you know, copy or whatever. Um, you can just turn around and say, no, sorry. Um, and then give your excuses or genuine excuses, whatever they are. Um, yeah. And you can just say no. Uh, and it's, it should be as easy as that. And there's a lot of pressure on people um, to take everything as it comes and when you have slow months of course you know you are you are thinking christ i'll write anything right now yeah. someone just you know drop me an email um so you know there are there are situations like that but you can with that experience um you know turn around and be quite happy and say thanks but no thanks how do you deal with that roller coaster do you find that easy to yeah I used to panic yeah I used to panic a lot more about it um I think again that comes down to um having that experience and you know being around for six years um and you kind of get used to it (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had to change my ways when I was working full time. Obviously, the mortgage and various payments and things would go out at the beginning of the month. And then, of course, I'd have this, you know, free income almost to just spend as, as I wished books, records, you know, you name it, whatever. Um, and then when I went freelance, when I made the decision to go freelance, I had to almost go cold turkey and say, right, I'm not going to buy anything because all the, all my spare money had to go into my second account just to save up alongside my freelance money that I was getting on the side as well. Um, so, yeah, it's very difficult to sort of stop buying things, <laughs> but I knew that I had to do it and I had to sort of go through that to try and, um, you know, not spend money. But and I've still maintain a bit of that as well so I, i've managed to keep a you know chunk of money yeah. so when it does go quiet inevitably you know i don't have to worry too much um but i used to worry about that that kind of ebb and flow that roller coaster of work coming in you know i can remember probably about <clears throat> i was it may even have been in my first or probably the second year of being freelance um i didn't have any work on for about a week and I thought, oh, my God, you know, that's it. That's it. Game over. Yeah. Now I've got to find a proper job now. And I yeah. thought, I look back at that and I should say, you know, if I'm quiet for a week now, I just kind of sit back in my chair and think, oh, yes. relax. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got a bit of breathing space. Um, yeah. So, you know, your, your mindset changes. Um, but as I've said before, you as a freelancer, you need to, especially if you've kind of got, so far along your journey you would have had to learn to sort of trust the process and you're not going to go a million miles an hour all the time and it's not going to be deathly slow all the time you get little peaks and troughs but hopefully you're going to be rather than sort of up and down completely massive troughs and huge peaks you're going to be more just a sort of wavy line um, and it's going to be much more manageable as you go as you go forward um, so and you get those quiet times you think yeah well i will write anything right now um but then also when you're busy you can say to people you can be totally honest and say i can't i can't do anything for you until you know this time next month or yeah. you know whatever your timeline is um you can go through that process of quoting and you know having meetings and all that um but as long as you're up front right from the start and say well i can't start anything i've done what your time scale is right now but I can't start any jobs until, you know, and they have a date. And if it's, if it's not working for them, oh no, we need it right now, then, well, sorry about that. I can't, can't do it, you know, but if they're willing to wait, like a lot of existing customers are willing to wait because um, yeah. they want to use you. Um, but if they're a decent client and, because it gives them a bit of, you know, background and think, well, he's really busy. So you must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, hopefully <laughs> um, so you know you just kind of as you as you go through the whole freelance journey you, you kind of learn to roll with it uh you know and, and just get used to it and hopefully you know you won't go through too many deep troughs and you'll just mm. get more peaks um and a bit of downtime in between <laughs> yeah and, and it's, it's that making the most of the downtime as well to yeah, yeah. to kind of you know all those things that we all put off like updating your website and 
Absolutely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Very guilty. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, hands up, guilty also. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can just take a couple of days just to sort of, you know, you would probably carry on working, but you're not running at 100 miles an hour um, trying to get stuff out and, you know, competing with all these deadlines. You can just sit back and think, ah, oh, yeah. And like you say, you can drop in the odd blog that you need, you've been putting off for about three years for your own yeah. website. Um, and you know you can take the time to do it and you think right okay I've got time now let's let's dive in and produce something Um, so yeah I think it it works but you just got to kind of roll with it I think to a certain degree yeah and see it's part of the bigger picture and that's something that someone's mentioned in one of the earlier Mm. podcasts that'll be in this series about I thought it was a really nice tip about looking at it as a yearly cycle or a monthly one rather than what's yeah. going on day to day or in your week. Because when you do that, then you see, all right, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. You know, there's no yeah, panic at all. And, there was yeah. quite a good thing because it's we're, we're now just at, what, at the end of the tax year. Um, and you look back on because on, I've got a little spreadsheet with all my kind of monthly figures over the year. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I remember doing one web project. It's, I don't know, eight, nine, ten pages website. And you know, we agreed all this, the prices and the turnaround and all the rest of it and contract 50% deposit up front, no problem. So that boosted kind of May and then you do, you do the work in June and then you get yeah. the other in July. So May, look, uh, June looks terrible. Uh, yeah. But May, when, May and July, when you haven't actually done any of the work, look yeah. really good. Um, but you, you can't sort of look at it like that. You have to look at it yeah. over the over the year really to see whether you've, you know, grown and made more money or you're kind of staying the same or wherever you are, you know. Yeah. So it's, no, it's easy to get bogged down in that kind of like, oh, what, I've only invoiced 200 quid this week. You know, what am I going to yeah. do? Um, and you just need to sort of try and let go of that a little bit as much as you can and look at it, like say, look at the bigger picture. Yeah, and that's something that when these people talk about like five-figure months and stuff, I made a point of saying a while back, like the truth behind that can be exactly that thing that I once had a 15 grand month and I was like, it looks amazing. But like you say, the three months either side, it was because one company had just paid up for a massive project and yeah. another paid up front for the next one. So I got paid bugger all for about six months around that. But I had a 15 grand month. So you kind of exactly. want to go to these people and go, well, done it already. Like, you got to spread that out over about 12 yeah. months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Yeah. it is ridiculous. I mean... Yeah, you can easily fudge your your accounts to say, oh, that was seven grand yeah. month this month. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah, you got to oh, no. be a bit realistic with it, really. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it is. It's it's a funny thing to kind of deal with. But um, sorry, my door's rattling now because I've just opened the window. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I've been part of running a, a business and being freelance. I think a, a big thing to do is to celebrate your sort of highs, your lows, and stuff. And Funnily enough, it did, it did come in my head that when like other and other freelancers updated the website, they often put it online going, oh my God, I've actually done it. We'll celebrate that. Like, oh, yes. Oh, it's no, win. no, I it's need win. to do mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a win. But do you, do you celebrate your wins? Because I know a lot of people feel icky about it, but I just make a real thing of I think we should. And yeah, yeah. do you? I, I know that we all should um, mm. because years ago, I, I read or heard a quote that said, you know, you got to blow your own trumpet because no one else is going to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's, I do, if I work on a particularly great project, then obviously a case study on the website, and you share that, 
um, you share it on LinkedIn, you know, all the channels and stuff, and you make a bit of a push. Um, and I do that sort of thing a lot. Um, and that's fine. What I, I, but I don't, then when that's over, I kind of don't do it. And I think, well, I should do things, but then I think, oh, it's a bit kind of OTT and hey, look at me. Um, there are, there have been times when I've done it um, and times when I just haven't done it. Um, but one of, one of the things just recently, actually, we were, my wife and I were looking through my figures for the last 12 months. Um, and, you know, I had a 6% six, 6 growth on last year overall. And of course, I looked at that and I just thought, God, only 6%, you know, but then, <laughs> yeah. geez, no, no, 6% growth, you know, over yeah. the whole year. That's really good. You know, yeah. don't, don't knock it. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of my natural kind of like, I don't know, my natural instinct just to sort of, uh, yeah, okay, move on, <laughs> you know, just yeah. be really timid about it. Um, but, I, you know, we don't want to start shouting about how much we're earning or how much we're not earning all the time. But, you know, internally, it's kind of like, you know, having a 6% growth spurt um, in the year or the last couple of years that we've had really does show it validates you know kind of what i'm what i'm doing and you know people are, are using me and coming back to me to use me for more write more copy um and it's just kind of almost like the internal champion championing yeah um do you know what i mean the, the internal yeah. shouting bigging yourself up yes i'm doing the right thing i've made the right decision um and I'm doing it you know it's the figures are there and black and white you know my tax return tells me <laughs> but you know I'm making more money so and that's yeah. good and that's a success and um, I think we all need to bear that in mind really there's <clears throat> we're all in a difficult situation with what's going on um, even though we're sort of coming out of things now a bit but um, you know we've got to remember the things like that and yes you might only have small growth or you might have big growth and, and you're doing something right and you should celebrate that whether you post that all over social media or whatever or you just keep it to yourself and say you know let's go out for a beer tonight because you know I've had a good year you know let's yeah. do it all over again next year um yeah. so you do need to celebrate those things but and I should be better at doing it <laughs> yeah I mean it's easier to share things like testimonials isn't it than sometimes yeah. the, the other stuff like you say because I mean I write all the stuff in the book my book of wins and like you say quite often I will treat myself if something's happened I'll I'm like right I'm having Prosecco tonight because I love my Prosecco and what I do is I keep the corks and write on it what it was for oh, okay, yeah, good and idea. they're all in a massive bars downstairs and I yeah. rarely look through anything of it but I know that that's there as like a, a random little yeah. record of just really great stuff that's happened like a nomination for something or you know and then yeah, yeah like I said the smaller stuff goes in in the notebook anyway but yeah. it's it's having those things to remind you just you know I'll walk past that yeah, and think definitely. oh god yeah that's getting full <laughs> yeah yeah it's always good to have things like that um yeah. you, you keep it in your own head or do do something like that just mm. things that you can look look at or remember and think well actually yeah this time last year I did this great project and you know let's share it again let's you know because I'm really proud of that let's push it out on social again let's you know try and drive a bit of traffic to the website or or whatever um and share it because you're proud of it and it's something that you know you've done you like it you're proud of it the client loved it let's talk about it let's share it again you know there's no there's no law against 
against what you should and shouldn't do to celebrate your wins. And, it, you know, on the flip side, it's also good to share your losses. Is that the right yeah. word? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and just, you know, if you are struggling or, you know, this isn't quite working out as I envisaged or this has happened and I don't know what to do or, you know, those kind of vulnerable moments that we all have. Um, again, I'm not very good at this either, but, you know, put it out there, show that kind of vulnerable side um, and, you know, you'll get, you'll get, you'll feel the love coming back and you'll get people helping you out, giving you good advice about how to, you know, get out of something or get into something or, you know, whatever. And there's always that advice out there. And, um, and it's just, yeah, that whole vulnerability thing on one side, showing that, but also not being afraid to um, shout about your wins, however big or small. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, if, if you can get them on paper or in a file on your computer or something, it just makes it so much easier. Because the amount of people I talk to that are like, oh, well, I've not achieved anything for ages or I never do this. And, I, and, I, and then I'm like, just... I was sitting there thinking about it. Like I was talking to someone yeah. the other day, and they said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm like that." Yeah. And it's like, oh, what? What if it, oh, I haven't really done anything? But then it yeah. takes somebody else to say, "Well, look, you did this. You did yeah. that. That's been printed in a national magazine or a newspaper or whatever, you know." And you, oh yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. I have yeah. done quite a lot this year, actually. Um, yeah. So yeah, you get into that mindset, and like you don't really kind of acknowledge. You, you don't even acknowledge that the wins have happened, let alone not shouting about them. Um, but it's just it's just trying to adjust your mindset to remember that you are doing this in real time um, and it is hard work but you've got to remember to you know big yourself up yeah and god I mean the amount you can progress over you know it's nearly four years for me six years for you it's incredible to look back at where you were isn't it yeah, and yeah definitely what you were doing. there's a hell of a lot of work out there I think I would love to just rip that to shreds and start again <laughs> To yes. rewrite it all um you know <laughs> yeah. but there's equally there are things that i look on that i did three four five years ago and i think actually you know, i i still really like that and it's still on somebody's website or you know wherever it is um so yeah it can go both ways really there's a couple of things i've tried to like undo a tag for <laughs> like no don't put my name yeah. on that <laughs> yes no. No, please <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah that's, especially when a client's got their hands on your stuff as well and they've then ripped it back to shreds <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh, oh, that's every copywriter's nightmare isn't it oh yeah um, <laughs> so <laughs> at the end of this what i normally do is um i've got three quick fire end questions that i will ask you um just to round us off for the session so in the spirit of freelance as freelancers and self-employed being amazing, name someone that our listeners should connect to or follow, connect with even. Can't get my words out anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, there's such a huge pool of mm. great people, you know, talent and all the rest of it out there. You know, it's very difficult to nail it down to one. <laughs> so <laughs> anybody else, I apologise. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go for Gareth Hancock, um, oh, yeah. who's at that content shed, because he is a very cool guy and he is super cool on Twitter. I think he mainly hangs out on Twitter, um, but he always gives good advice when it's when it's needed. He chips in with good advice, but he's always there to um, champion people. And, and kind of boost them 
um, and I don't know, he's just an all round nice guy. Uh, yeah. I've never met him, only only through social, but he did send me a packet of broken biscuits a couple of years ago because um, we were chatting about broken biscuits. And I said, I can't, I've never seen broken biscuits. And um, he said, no, no, they are a thing. And he sent yeah. me two bags. So that was quite nice. So I sent him some squashies in return. <laughs> I love those kind of connections with freelancers. That's just... <laughs> totally bizarre. Yeah. Broken biscuits, who knew? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when I, I said to uh, Jem Higgins, like, she, she, someone had sent her an otter in the post. I was like, why don't I get bloody otter post? Well, next thing I know, one's turned up. <laughs> See you. <laughs> See, it's on my desk all the time. So this is Pat the otter. <laughs> Stress buster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When my next, well, my new desk finally arrives, part of it's arrived and not the rest. It will be on that one. But yeah, it, it's so nice to stuff like that happens. And it's just because you don't have those colleagues and stuff, they, they do become yeah, exactly. your colleagues, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's that extended network of, um, of yeah. people. And he loves his football as well, which is always good. Yeah. Um, it's just genuinely funny. Um, it is. Stuff <laughs> that he writes, which yeah. I really like. It's a joy to read his tweets, whatever he's talking about. And he's got yeah. a very good way with words as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's my nominee. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be in his mind from time. Yeah, and funnily enough, when I first threw myself into freelance, um, I had asked a question in one of the groups. It was like freelance heroes or being freelance or something. And someone pointed yeah. me to one of his articles, the A to Z of, of freelance oh, and yeah. stuff. And it was really helpful. So he was like my first introduction to the freelance world, pretty much. Yeah, it was great. that's a pretty good introduction. Yeah. So name a resource that you have found really helpful. Well, again, I can't nail this down to one <laughs> because there's just so much good stuff out there. But I think the first um, kind of community, if you like, um, online that I kind of really joined and was active in was the Being a Freelance community with Steve Folland. Um, he started off on Twitter, I think, and then moved over to Facebook. Um, and it's just just a really helpful community of freelancers of all different you know persuasions um different areas and you know you can get if you put a question out there you'll get dozens of answers all given advice and you know from different different freelancers in different sectors and you know and it's just a really helpful resource and friendly and it's you know you can win biscuits with their non-employee <laughs> um all that sort of stuff so it's just good yeah. fun it's just a good good resource um and also sort of hand in hand with that is the being freelance podcast as well yeah. um so that that's a really good resource loads loads of great information in that through 200 odd episodes um and i joined the freelance group on slack which is got i don't know how many members a lot um uh, again similarly there's there's all that knowledge out there if you've got a problem you know you can ask a question and people will chip in and oh yeah this happened to me and this is what I did and or just helpful and there's referrals going through there and you know all sorts of good stuff um and I, I don't utilize it as much as I should because you know you could be on there all day literally yeah um, <laughs> as with all these things but um another another really helpful bunch uh, copywriters and, and everybody else um, but also Twitter just Twitter you know seek out those people that are in the same sector as you 
and you'll just build up that little community of support um and they're all yeah. just a bit of a laugh you yeah. know if you're feeling a bit stressed or you know how the hell am i going to write this just go onto twitter and and you know chime in with those guys and and you know just de-stress you <laughs> you know I, the all... other day. I said i'm procrastinating how do you stop procrastinating so of course how many people came back with the dad joke of i'll get back to you later <laughs> I sod off the lot of you. <laughs> I mean, the struggle is real. Procrastination. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the king. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's just like you know, there's great people out there, and you know, who will give you a laugh when you need it, and they'll give you yeah. advice when you need it. They'll help you with problems when you need it. Um, and and it's great to sort of reciprocate as well. And somebody asks, well, oh yeah, well, I, I know about that. You know, let's give an answer and or give my opinion on, on whatever. Um, and it just helps people, you know, to sort of make their own decision, but just give them another point of view or whatever. And it's just really helpful. All those kind of communities is just really helpful. Because like you said, we haven't got those kind of colleagues to bounce off, but it feels like you have. Uh, they're not there in real life, but they're right there, you know. And, um, you know, they're always, they'll they're, they're always come through. Yeah, pretty much whatever time of night or day, because someone's going to be awake procrastinating exactly. at whatever yeah. hour. Someone yeah. or insomnia or, you know, pulling in all light and trying to get stuff yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah, insomnia queen here will definitely be around. Um, yeah. So finally, <laughs> uh, if you pick a number between 1 and 23, I will ask you a question from my list, which could be nonsense, could be sensible. They've all been nonsense, pretty much, to be honest. <laughs> 1 and 23. Um, let's go with the infamous Kenny Dalgleish, number seven. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. What is a book you hated that everyone else loved? Um, I don't know. If you could replace book with movie or yeah. record yeah. or band or whatever. Movie. We'll go movie. Movie. Oh, see, I'm not a massive movie fan oh, record <laughs> uh let's go with band i hate i hated band. the beatles oh um, me too and everyone seemed to love them and yeah. I, I understand i totally get you know they were this band and you know they were the first ones really to sort of go massive yeah. and they kind of started it all you know but i think you know god come on let's get some perspective now you know <laughs> I don't want to upset any Beatles fans. I, I mean, I like the bit there. I do like. I've got some Beatles albums. I like the Beatles, and I can understand, you know, mm. all their history and all the rest of it. I mean, come on, you know, let's talk about something else now. You know, yeah. so it's not a question of hating them, but it's just like, uh, meh. yeah, take or leave them, really. Thing, yeah, <laughs> and to be honest, I just can't stand McCartney these days. I just <laughs> there's something about him that just oh, he riles me up. But, uh, and, and ever since he did that rap about veganism, I've I just lost all respect for him. It was um, shockingly bad. But uh, yeah, I've just never understood it. And my mum like saw them live when she was at Leeds Uni. And Yeah, my mother-in-law saw them in Exeter, actually, at the Exeter Odeon, which is not standing, no, not the Odeon, the Exeter ABC. It's not even standing anymore. It was an old scene. Right. Um, that's not even there anymore. But yeah, she saw them. She saw the stones in there as well, yeah. bizarrely. Um, but yeah, I'm a you know, give me the stones over the Beatles any day, any mm. day of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Oh, well, I'm glad that we've at least found somebody. <laughs> it's on the same wavelength in the world. Because, yeah. yeah, it is. It's a real, especially up north as well, I think. And yeah. I was living yeah. more over that side. Everybody loved him. But... One side of Pennines. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> really now. But there's, yeah. nothing I re- I, there's nothing I I really dislike and sort of, you know, people, everyone's got their own tastes and, you mm. know, that's all cool. It's the rich tapestry of life, isn't it? Mm. Um, so one person's love is another person's meh, you yeah. know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's Harry Potter, that. though. I just don't like Harry Potter. Just thought, thought it was rubbish. Never, never seen any of those films. No, don't bother. Uh, you, know, you could probably name three films and I wouldn't ever have seen them. No. I just don't go to the cinema that much. Um, no, we don't actually. I haven't got a concentration span to sit through two and a half hours of stuff, you know. I mean, rarely. I mean, I do. James Bond in the cinema is, is always good. Really? Uh, you know, good, uh, good, for, good for the money. But um, yeah, it's just movies I can take or leave, really. No, I do like the odd ones, but I, don't, I certainly don't go like I used to. And yeah. It, yeah, I mean, that is a running joke in our house that we put a film on and then I'll pick up my crochet, like within opening credits. <laughs> and Graham's like, yeah, oh, you're going to start driving. <laughs> yeah, and then he starts going, you're going to start the questions of, who was that? What are they doing? Why have they done? <laughs> Drives him <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he the bad guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, where's such and such going to be like they were killed off 20 minutes ago in a massive violent explosion like, all right okay missed that <laughs> <laughs> so true i can totally yeah. get on board with that <laughs> yeah no i just i just no I, I, the only time i can listen to them is if, if i'm and, and i do mostly just listen in my headphones with my tablet inside of me while i'm doing crochet or something yeah. else that yeah, yeah can't do it oh <laughs> no that's fabulous right so where is uh the best place for people to connect to you uh, well, I'm hanging out on Twitter mainly, but also uh, Instagram, and um, you can find me at Dropcap Copy, um, and or you know check out the website. That's where I you know try and update as much as I can the content on there. Um, but yeah, that's three years. <laughs> obviously, yeah, exactly. Uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, it's just Graham Piper, copywriter. Um, so those are my three main social channels. Um, and the website, dropcatcopy.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much. It has been great fun to do that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really good. Great to to chat to you. And yeah, I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Helen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll come back for more. Please do leave a review on your platform of choice and hit subscribe to be notified when the next episodes are available. And sign up to the Last Rung newsletter over at fallingofftheladder.com for more tips, inspiration and chats with those who have been there and tested the waters for you. If there's anyone in particular you'd like to hear on this podcast or topics discussed, do let me know and I'll see what I can do. Until next time, have a good week.